Addiction plays hardball. He would hit me with these verbal attacks. I just said to him, I love you so much. You're such an amazing person. I can't take this ride anymore. It was the fact that dad made that sentiment and broke down. And years later, he told me it had a huge impact on him. Sometimes doing what's right for your loved one is the hardest thing to do. Karen is that right thing. Visit CARON.org slash lost. At Amica Insurance, we know it's more than just a car. It's the two-door coupe that was there for your first drive. The hatchback that took you cross-country and back. And the minivan that tackles the weekly carpool. For the cars you couldn't live without, trust Amica Auto Insurance. Amica. Empathy is our best policy. Hey friends, and welcome to the Happy Hour with Jamie Ivey podcast. I'm your host, Jamie, and I'm so glad you're here. Each week on this show, I invite a friend to join me and we chat about the big things in life, the little things in life, and everything in between. Hey y'all, welcome to October on the Happy Hour. I'm so excited because we have obviously amazing shows this month. It's going to be a really great month. And I'm just crossing my fingers that it starts to feel a little bit like fall here in Austin, Texas. In all seriousness, today's a great show. It's the first show of the month. And Mike Todd is back on the show. Mike Todd has been on before, and it's always been a phenomenal conversation every time. He's a pastor at a church in Oklahoma, Tulsa, Oklahoma, actually, Transformation Church. And he has a new book that just released yesterday, actually. It's called Damage but not destroyed. And this conversation today is raw and real and powerful. Like if you think you need a little pep in your step and a little sermon from a pastor, today's your day. Mike Todd is preaching on the show today. You guys, speaking of a little pep in your step, I cannot even believe it, but tomorrow I'm flying to Las Vegas, which I've never been to, and my husband and I are going to see you too. It's a dream of his. I'm just here for the ride. I know I'm going to love it and have so much fun. So if you find me on Instagram, come tell us where should we eat? What should we do? All of the things. You guys, thanks for listening to the happy hour. I honestly, truly appreciate it when you show up here every single week. And I'll tell you, if you want me to just tell you what I want from you is I want you to listen and and love Jesus more. And I want you to be a better listener in the world. And I want you to be a better friend. I want you to be a better community member. Like I just think that when we listen to people's stories, that we actually change. And it's Jesus and the Holy Spirit and God who change within us. But my prayer is just that this podcast gets to be just a little bit of that journey for you. So thank you for your emails. Thank you for your messages. Thank you for your cards that you send. I truly appreciate and read every single one of them. All right, you guys, without any further delay, here's my friend, Pastor Mac Todd. Mike, welcome back to the happy hour. What are you talking about? This is one of my favorite places to be in the entire world with my sister, Jamie Ivy. I am ready for whatever we about to talk about. Well, let me just <laughs> tell you that the only way this could get any better is if me and you and Natalie and my husband, Aaron, were sitting around a table together having a real happy hour in Tulsa. Oh my gosh. This- 
we 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 just need to make that happen. I, before we started, we just let you know that Austin is like close to us. <sighs> so you, we need to just literally either come on down or the next time I bring the kids to Kalahari, I'm going to stop at your house because like literally we be there every year. So there let's you go. do it. Bring them on. We got a basketball court they can play at. Mike, I'm so happy to have you. You have this is your third time on the show, and just so you know, and your people, anytime you release the book, it's a yes from Jamie Ivy. So I love having you on. In case anyone does not know, Mike Todd, tell us who you are and what you do. I am a black man who has a twist in my hair. <laughs> I'm married to uh, the most beautiful woman in the world. Her name is Natalie. I She's my high school sweetheart. And we have four beautiful kids. One is autistic. We are, for some reason, by God's grace, pastoring a church in Tulsa, Oklahoma, a multi-ethnic church that started in the hood. And now God has blessed us to point people to Jesus all over the world. And all we want to do is represent God to the lost and found for transformation in Christ and I have friends like Jamie Ivey have, who have amazing podcasts. And so when I release something creative to the world, I get to come on and talk to her. And I'm just honored to be here. I love you. I love your life. I love your family. And um, I just feel like I have a burden to let people know in this season that they may be damaged, but they're not destroyed. They mm. still have value. And um, that's what I'm going to be yelling from the rooftops for the rest of my life. I love it so much, Mike. We met a handful of years ago at a, yeah. a dinner in Colorado. And um, we sat next to each other. We sat next to each other. And neither one of us had met each other. And I just love getting a front row seat to see all that God's done. I remember one time you were on here talking about a building. And it's just like God is opening up so many doors. And I'm going to jump right in here, okay? Um, Mike Todd has had a lot of success over the last yeah. three, four, five years. Uh, you, every time I see you, you are, you are very quick to give that success to, to acknowledge where that success has come from. Sure. But your newest book is called Damaged But Not Destroyed, Destroyed from Trauma to Triumph. And I was reading it, and early in the book, you discuss um, some, some hits. Like, we've got all these hits that come at us. And one of them that you said was a disguised hit, and it was yeah. the disguised hit of success. And yeah. I want to ask you about that, because I have said before I think one of the hardest things about my job over the last however many years I've been doing this is I just kind of accidentally stumbled into this, you know? Yeah. And no one, you can prepare for failure. You don't get prepared for success. Yeah, man. And so I want to know what that's looked like for you. I tell people all the time, um, and one of my friends says it's so good, Pastor Darius Daniels, he said, nobody talks about the backside of the blessing. Mm. Everybody prays for the front side of the blessing. But but so many times it's the backside of the blessing that God is preparing you for. That's why it takes so long. Many times the thing that you're like, why am I having to wait? And why does it have to happen so long? I'm ready. I'm ready for the platform. I'm ready for the things. No, there's a backside to every blessing that sometimes is harder to bear than the blessing. And mm. for me, um, I have by God's grace, seen so many amazing things that I never thought were possible um, happen to me and my wife and my family and our ministry. But um, the backside of the blessing comes with things that nobody ever really articulates. And they think that the, the, the resources or the fame or the everything else that comes with it is better. So mm -hmm. you'll just, you'll figure it out as you go. And depending on where you've come from and what trauma you've experienced as a kid or as a young adult or as an adult, 
that thing of success can really mess you up. And I just thank God for the people in the community that I had around me that knew me before anything happened. The people who knew my name, the people who um, already saw me as valuable before I could add any value to their life monetarily mm -hmm. or platform wise. I thank God for that because I built partners for a fall. Like I had people around me, the, the scripture says um, two are better than one because if one falls, they can help each other up and there's a good success. There was a return on what they do together. But the one who falls alone is in real trouble. And in this isolated age that we live in right now, I know a lot of people are seemingly protecting themselves from being hurt, but they're honestly isolating. Mm. And the enemy, even in uh, um, in nature, if if you have a predator they don't go after the weakest. They go after the one who's isolated. Mm. And I'm just grateful for um, all the crazy things that happened to me. Um, actually not changing who I was because I had counseling. Mm -hmm. I had the word of God and I had community. And that's where I believe like some of the principles that I'm sharing in this book, people wouldn't share until they're 20 years removed from them. They're, they're, they're going to share them like at the end of their life, mm -hmm. like as a memoir. And I just think that if I'm just one step ahead, I want to share everything I'm learning from the step before mm. somebody else walks into it. Yeah. And um, I'm just grateful for the things that could have taken me out. They didn't. And um, I want people to know if they've been damaged by success or damaged by somebody scarring them. Mm -hmm. Both of those things are redeemable. Yeah. And God can take your damage and he can turn it into your destiny. Mm. You know, you said that a lot of people would write this message, you know, in their 50s, 60s. And I, I find it, um, I, I read all of the book. Like I read the intro, I read the who it's to, I read it all. And you dedicated this book to your grandkids. Now, I don't know the ages of your children's off the top of my head, but I'm going to guess <laughs> my, your oldest. My oldest is, is birthday is tomorrow. So my I was oldest gonna say, is and she can't be older old. than 10. Yes, that's what I was going to say. Yep. And you dedicated this to your family, to your grandkids, actually. You said this book is dedicated to my grandchildren because the Bible says a good man leaves an inheritance to his children's children. I'm making the decision to live my life hot, humble, open, and transparent, and to deal with my trauma. And I think that that is what is so intriguing about this message. Because even though you're not writing this as a 50-year-old, 60-year-old no. sage in the ministry, but you're writing this going, hey, I'm in the midst of dealing with my junk, and I'm going to work on it so my grandkids can have a better grandfather. So A, I love that, Mike, so much because you're showing people you can deal with this stuff now. Yeah. I, I want to ask about how this message came for you. You talk about it a little bit in the book about how you really just had this moment, but how this message came for you. But let's set the stage because you talk about this in the very beginning, this hot, like I'm going to be humble, open, open, and transparent. Transparent. All right. What yeah. does that mean to you? I just know that when I grew up in my relationship with God, the people that I saw modeling it for me felt like they had a secret relationship with God, not a private relationship with God, a secret relationship with God. Uh -huh. It's like what you're going through, nobody knows except you and God. Like what's happening is, is exclusive. And then they would come out and be praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Everything's all good. And like, they're not all good and you can tell the effects of it, mm. but they're not actually living in a way that you can connect with them. You can empathize with them. You can even learn from them. And I decided that I wanted to be what I didn't have. Mm. I had very strong spiritual people around me, but you never knew when they were struggling and you never saw how to work through a situation. And, and so then when you struggle, Mike, you don't know what to do because you're like, 
Well, I, I must be alone. No freaking idea. And so that's why many people deconstruct. That's why many people go away. Cause like I can't be a good Christian because I I suck. Like mm-hmm. I can't, I can't worship because you only worship when I encourage my soul. And I and it, like you get all of these cliches, but I really feel like when I read the Psalms, David's struggling through the mm-hmm. whole Psalms. Like it's it's a tension through the entire thing, but he's living it out loud, but somewhere around our church life, we started to present perfection instead of progression. And that's where I tell people like, I'm committed to progression over perfection every day. Mm -hmm. I may not get it right. Oh, you're the pastor. You should get it right. I'm a person first. Like I'm going to continue to figure this out and work out my salvation with fear and trembling. But like, if I don't show anybody, if I just show you the end product, then you never can make anything in the Mm -hmm. kitchen yourself. Mm -hmm. And so for me, um, I didn't have that. And I know it cost me a lot of failures that I didn't have to go to it through if I would have saw somebody actually navigate it. Mm. And so I've lived like this since I became a pastor. Like, I mean, if you can go back to my first book, Relationship Goals, I'm telling you everything. You can go back to Crazy Faith. I'm telling you everything. And in this book, I feel like I felt the freest because I actually was working through my stuff with mm. therapy and counseling and um, all, all kinds of community and that it was like, I'm going to just tell them how it really is. Like, I'm just going to actually tell them how God and his grace, mm-hmm. as well as being honest, grieving, and dealing with your ish mm-hmm. can actually lead to real healing. Yeah. And um, and so for me, this message only could be spoken if I was hot. I mean, mm-hmm. I use everything. I use stuff that people know about and things that nobody could ever know about. I, mm-hmm. I, I talk about it all because... I just thought maybe I'll go first. And maybe if it's just a small group of people that are believers that still have some issues and still know that God loves them, but they don't want to live with these limits anymore. Like maybe we can work through this together. And I figured out on this journey of healing some keys, some steps, some exercises, some practices that can help you identify where you're at and then give you a journey to where you need to go. Mm. And I just want people to know you may be damaged, but you're not destroyed. You may be bent up, jacked up, um, but God still sees value in you. And if you can ever get that in your head and it dropped down to your heart, you're a dangerous person, man, because you can really be everything God's called you to be. If you don't know it, guys, I'm a Texas girl through and through. I've lived here most of my life. I was born here and I love traveling. Here's why I love traveling throughout Texas, because it has a vast landscape of cultures, regions, destinations, and activities, which means there's an infinite number of different travel experiences. And no two travelers are exactly alike. And it means that no two trips should be either. If you're a beach person, well, you can have fun under the sun with Texas's 350 miles of coastline. If you're more of a rugged vacation type, there are campgrounds, hiking trails, and state parks galore. And foodies cannot get enough of Texas's world-famous barbecue and Tex-Mex. Enjoy live music, visit internationally recognized art museums, and check out thrilling cowboy experiences. And now, Travel Texas offers a -a one-of-a-kind online trip builder that allows users to generate a custom, visually-led trip matched to their unique interests. Guys, come visit my state. Visit TravelTexas.com slash GetYourOwn to get the only trip to Texas that matters. Yours. That's TravelTexas.com slash GetYourOwn. Addiction plays hardball. 
he would hit me with these verbal attacks. I just said to him, I love you so much. You're such an amazing person. I can't take this ride anymore. It was the fact that dad made that sentiment and broke down. And years later, he told me it had a huge impact on him. Sometimes doing what's right for your loved one is the hardest thing to do. Karen is that right thing. Visit caron.org slash lost. That's so good. You guys, I want to tell you that the tools and stuff that Mike is talking about, they are in this book. So damaged but not destroyed. Uh, get this book. I want to I want to sit on that for just a second because Mike, I'm like you. I'm like, you know what? I'm going to go first. And I always say, listen, if you don't hear your pastor confessing some struggles, you need a new church because that is not the place for you to be. But here's where the here's where it gets hard for people is there's people listening right now who are going, okay, mm-hmm. Mike, Jamie, that's cool. But I'm going to tell you, I did this one time. I opened up and it did not work out well for me. And so I just feel like it's better if I just keep my ish to myself and I just kind of carry on. And I know that probably you and I have had that happen to us. But what is it for you that can say, I promise you it's better if you keep going and you try to get to the other side? So so you can trick yourself if you want to, but it's coming out. Like if you press it down and you suppress it and you act like it's not real and you keep doing it, you you may be the world's greatest faker, but mm. at some point it's coming out. Your body is not meant to hold that stress. Your mind is not meant to be able to be God. We already have a savior mm-hmm. and he has designed us to let our body go off warning, stress, heart attack, strokes, arthritis, like all of these different things are signs like maybe you're carrying and holding some things you're not meant to carry. And so one of the reasons you need to actually deal with it is for your your physical health. But the other reason is for your spiritual health. It's very hard to pray for people when you're always bitter. It's Mm. very hard to actually care about somebody when you feel like nobody cares about you and you don't have the emotional energy or intelligence to, to do anything for them. Like, Like our scars make us protect. And until you actually heal those wounds, and I say it like this, God will never heal what you won't reveal. Mm. And so if you can't come to the place where it's like, you know what? I am struggling with comparison. Where did that come from? Oh, that came from when I was a cheerleader in eighth grade Mm -hmm. and they didn't pick me to be on the A squad. And now since then, I always have to have the best and sit in the best seats and be, uh, have the greatest outfits and all like it all goes back to somewhere. Mm -hmm. But if we don't take the time to evaluate and stop, we end up living our life out of a trauma instead of a decision. And that's all I'm trying to get people to see is you are how you are. But the question is, do you know why you are how you are and why you are? And many people have not sat with themselves long enough to evaluate where did that short temper come from? Where did that perfectionism come from? Where did that thing that even helped me get to this place come from, but it's not helping me go to the next place? Like, And I had to evaluate myself and I had to switch the engine. Like I had to, I had to take out the thing that drove me and made me successful and all this other stuff and realize it wasn't serving me anymore. Mm. And with the help of the Holy Spirit and therapy and my wife and a great community and resources like the ones that are in this book, I found actual practices and scriptures and a story in the Bible about Mephibosheth that was able to help me realize that I'm damaged, but man, 
I'm not destroyed. I'm going to reach destiny. There is more in me. Matter of fact, this actually makes me a better candidate to give God glory. Like if God can use somebody like me, somebody is jacked up and backed up and perverted in the thought process and made myself, if he could use somebody like me, that just gives him more glory. His strength is made perfect in our weakness. But if you never admit your weakness, mm. maybe you're stealing his glory. Mm. You're a glory stealer. And, and, and me. Yeah, yeah, we don't want to do that. You know, you talk uh, in here, there's a line that say it. You say that unhealed damage creates a ripple effect in your life and the people around you, that unhealed damage. But then you also say that so does healing, that healing yeah. also creates a ripple effect. So talk about that a little. How have you seen that even in your personal life of how has healing had a ripple effect in your family, in your marriage, with your kids, with Jamie, your community? It, it, it It's almost like, it's almost like the greatest thing you could do for everybody around you is mm. heal. Like for your marriage, for your family, for your kids, I have seen the quality of my life go up. Mm. It, it is literally like I was living in black and white and then everything came into HD color. Because when I went through the journey of realizing the wise and giving them to God, bringing my damage to God, and then picking up his grace and picking up his love and picking up, watch this one. Nobody's going to like this one. Discipline. Mm -hmm. Like there were some things that I had to put in my life as disciplines to help me stay in the right heart posture and mindset to continue to move forward in my healing journey. What it did is it started to affect my wife. Me and my wife now, it's crazy on this same journey. It might be my next book, but on this same journey that we've been going in healing, we've been taking a physical journey. And our healing has showed up in our bodies. I've been seeing you started, working out, Mike, you and Natalie. Y'all give like, y'all inspiring me. Hey, listen, I'm telling you, but when you start getting healthy in one area, mm -hmm. it, it 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 like it jumps up, it infects another area yeah. of your life. The same way toxic relationships infect other relationships in your life. So our healthy relationships. And so for us, like we started intense counseling and talking to our community and um, doing therapies and all this other stuff. At the same time, we start going to the gym and I started off the journey almost around the same time at 270 pounds. I was fat and lovable. I felt good. I was eating good. I was doing all the other stuff. And I realized, oh, I'm emotionally eating. Like if we win, I eat. If I feel like I lose, I eat. If it's somebody's birthday, I eat. If somebody dies, I eat. Like it was just like I was emotionally eating when we went on that journey and put that discipline in place. Between me and my wife, we've lost over 110 pounds in the last two years. Like we have the energy to be with our kids and to mm -hmm. do the calling that God has called us to do. It's been a ripple effect. Mm -hmm. And now when it happens in mom and dad, then you know it goes to the kids. Mm -hmm. Our kids are doing better than they ever have in their life. And I mean, the testimony, you asked me the question, so you didn't open me up now. So, but we have a son that I've talked about before that has autism. And part of the, the healing journey of this for me and my wife of actually discovering our traumas and moving into triumph is we realized that that diagnosis kind of was the thing that was the straw that broke the camel's back for us. Mm. And it was like, being great doesn't fix this. Like, mm -hmm. like making more money doesn't fix this. Like, God, you're going to have to do something on the inside of us. Like, you're going to have to change us from the inside out. And as we begin to release our, our worry and our fear to God, and we begin to stand in faith and do the practical things, God sent us people in our lives. As we release control, 
He took control. Young lady moved and started helping our son, master's degree in, in special needs. My son now is going to regular school with his big sisters three days a week. And then he's doing what we call genius school two days a week. He's reading, he's writing, he's counting money. Like it was a ripple effect. It was mm -hmm. like when we released control, God was like, thank you. Finally, mm -hmm. if you just take care of the things I've asked you to do, I'll do the things you could never do. And yeah. he took our damage and we're not perfect and we have not arrived anywhere, but we're on a journey of healing and health that I want to share with everybody. Like I want everybody to feel this. That's part of the reason that we did the cover in black and white. I I've never done a, a cover of our book in black and white, but when you see it, I did it in black and white because I wanted people to know that even though I'm smiling, it's still without the vibrance of what it actually looks like. Mm. And many people are walking around like that right now. They're smiling, but it's still void of color. Yeah. They're, 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 they're acting like it's great, but they haven't come into full color. But when you do the work and bring your damage to God, his grace is sufficient for every trial you've gone through. And he'll bring that thing into beautiful, brilliant color. Addiction plays hardball he would hit me with these verbal attacks. I just said to him, I love you so much. You're such an amazing person. I can't take this ride anymore. It was the fact that dad made that sentiment and broke down. And years later, he told me it had a huge impact on him. Sometimes doing what's right for your loved one is the hardest thing to do. Karen is that right thing. Visit caron.org slash lost. At Amica Insurance, we know it's more than just a car. It's the two-door coupe that was there for your first drive. The hatchback that took you cross-country and back. And the minivan that tackles the weekly carpool. For the cars you couldn't live without, trust Amica Auto Insurance. Amica. Empathy is our best policy. You know, I love how you are pretty um, open and not shying around that this is often hard work. Like this is not, oh you're God. not just showing up and then saying, okay, it's everything's going to be different. You said in two years, if you're just talking about like physically in two years, you've been working out so hard and I would, I have no idea. You may have more goals to lose more weight, but you're still working and still on this journey. And you share a story in here um, that is like a hard story, I would imagine for you to share about when yeah. you were alone in the sanctuary and praying and God revealed things to you that you had not had a memory of. And I, yeah. I got really sad when I read that because your story is you're not alone in, in, in yeah. that. And so I think a lot of people, I just want them to hear from you of saying like, okay, yeah. th this is not like you wake up one day and you make this decision. And the next day you're like, oh, this is great because people have really hard pains, really hard yeah. things that have damaged them and hit them and knocked them down. And the truth is, you and I both believe in the gospel of Jesus so much and know that there is, yeah. there is triumph on the other side of that, but we never yeah. want someone to think it's easy. It's hard. Yeah. So, so I'm going to say two things. I'm going to answer your question, but the first thing is I want to apologize for all pastors and churches who have made our moments in church a, t seem like they're a fix-all. Like if you come to the altar and you get prayer, then it's done. You should never deal with it again. I believe 
altar ministry, prayer, believing with somebody oftentimes is a catalyst to mm-hmm. give you the courage to do the things you need to do to actually walk free from something. And I, I believe in the power of prayer more than anything. That's the only reason I'm here. I also believe in the power of counseling and I believe in the power of therapy and I believe in the power of walking in community. And and so I want to say that anything that I say, I wanted to be very clear because I could have made this very like just hopeful and very uh, weak in uh, context. I could have been like, just believe and then it's going to go away. I could have went like really um, shallow. But I decided that the people that really want change actually want to know up front, is this going to be hard? Mm-hmm. And like, I tell them like, hey, this is going to be difficult, but it's worth it. Mm-hmm. Like, like there is nothing that is great in life that's not difficult. My marriage is difficult, but it's worth it. Mm-hmm. Raising kids is difficult, but it's worth it. Working out is difficult. I was just working out right before this <laughs> podcast. I'm sore right now. But it's worth it. Mm-hmm. And so in this book, I said, how am I going to get people to understand how serious this is? And right in chapter two, I tell them, um, as a pastor, ministering the first version of this series, we called it Damaged Goods. And I'm telling the people, I'm walking off stage and I'm like, hey, this week, ask the Holy Spirit to remind you of things. Maybe you forgot or you you you, you tried to push down and he will help you work through them. And you know, I'm thinking I'm doing it for the people. Like, God bless y'all. Y'all go work with y'all issues. And I'm in the church praying and the Holy Spirit reminds me of when I'm five to six years old, when I was sexually molested by another young boy in our neighborhood. Didn't ask for it, had no idea what it was, didn't didn't know anything about that perversion or violation. But when it happened to me, I was so, so overcome with shame and guilt that literally my brain repressed it and I didn't remember it. Mm -hmm. Like, and and this, and people are like, he's lying, he does remember. I'm telling you, there, there are scientific um, um, protection mechanisms. This is how beautiful God and complex he has made us. We will, we will go into protection modes to even help us endure. I told nobody, I didn't know about it until I'm trying to help somebody else almost 25 years later. And I'm praying and the Holy spirit says, it's time to deal with this. Mm. I'm like, Oh my God. Like, I'm like, am I dreaming? Is this really happening? Did it happen? And I knew overwhelmingly like this was real. This happened to me. Like, and it started coming back and I started seeing the scene and I started knowing where I was. And I'm like, what in the heck? And I was so overwhelmed. And I called my wife and I said, I'm crying as a 30 year old man. And I'm like, Natalie, I got to tell you something like, and she's like, come here, come home. And like, I come home, I'm laying in our lap and I'm, I'm, I'm crying. And I tell her what happened. And this is why it's so important to have the right people around you. When you hit these moments of valley seasons. The first thing my wife said to me holding me is this wasn't your fault. You're going to be okay. This wasn't your fault. And it was like the little boy in me, mm-hmm. like it just like felt safe for the first time. I'm grown with kids, pastoring a, a large church. And for the first time I felt that little Michael felt safe. 
And it didn't end there. It wasn't just, all right, now let's go back to normal. Like I had to walk through that. I had to, I had to claim the mess and realizing where some of the toxic masculinity came from and some like I had to work through this mm. thing. But it was not until I admitted that there was something there and the Holy Spirit revealed it that I could even work on it. Mm. Many people are going to the doctor and telling them their ear hurts when it really is their knee. And all I'm trying to say is you can never get healing for the area you really need if you don't actually address the area that you need healing in. Mm. And so again, I mean, yeah, that's something that I could have gone to my grave with and it could have just been me and Nat who knew that. And I could have said churchy stuff like, you know, we've all gone through hard situations. Like I could have done that. But I was like, there's somebody out there that needs to know that abuse, trauma, bad family situations, all that stuff is not unredeemable. We serve a God that specializes in resurrections. And if you went through it, whether it was your fault or not, like God can redeem it. And that's why I believe he can take your pain and turn it into your platform. I never thought I would be on national podcasts and national media talking about it, mm -hmm. but now it gives me an empowerment to take that away from the devil as something that he thought he could use for shame. I'm getting hype, excuse mm -hmm. me. And it is something that I can use to bring God glory. Like there is no nothing that can separate me from the love of God. Mm -hmm. And there's nothing that can separate you. And maybe this is what the scripture means when it says to lay down every weight, mm -hmm. even the sin that so easily trips us up or makes us stumble. I was stumbling over things that I didn't have to if I would have just laid the weight aside. Mm -hmm. And so I'm encouraging all your listeners and all the people who are here in this happy hour with, with us like this is the time where we actually deal with it. Mm -hmm. And this is the thing I say to everybody, like it may not have been your fault, but it is now your responsibility. Mm -hmm. Like if you don't deal with it now, it's not on whoever offended you or hurt you. It's like, it's now my responsibility to with God's help, walk into a new level of freedom. And that's why I say you can go from trauma to triumph. Mm. And that's where it makes me think about how you said the healing has ripple effects as well. Is like, and, yes. and even you talking about it's going to come out some way or another. And so it, you got to deal with it. When I got your book in the mail, Mike, which first of all, I thought it was black and white just because it was a, an early release. But now I'm, mm -hmm. I'm like, oh, I like this. But I saw the title Damaged But Not Destroyed. And after I got in and read it, and damage is a very, very bold word, I would say. Yeah. It feels very like, I'm done with something. It is damaged yeah. goods. I have no more use for it. Um, I think a lot of people relate to that. They feel damaged. But I want to ask you this. Do you think that, and, and I think we've talked about this a lot. I probably know your answer. But I feel like there's also a lot of people who would go like, I'm not really damaged. Like, I don't really have. <laughs> That's kind of harsh, Pastor Mike. Like, damaged? Come yeah. on. Now, I'm like a great person. I live a great life. I go to church. I, I love my husband. I love my kids. All the things. Damaged? Would you say we all have got a little damage in us? I would say that we live in a fallen world. And if you have not been damaged in this world, you're in delusion. Mm. There's another D word for you. <laughs> there it is. Like, you're, you're, you're in delusion. I think one of the greatest things that God has given us is self-awareness and many people choose not to use it. And mm -hmm. if you can't use self-awareness, you need honest community. And many people have chosen not to use that tool. So mm -hmm. anybody that thinks they're not damaged, they don't have good community and they're not self-aware. Yeah. They're delusional. Like, they're delusional. Like all of us, like I talk in the book about the damage of success. Like 
Like even the things that we think are good, right? Like right, can damage us in 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 some type of way, or at least cause us trauma. Like, mm-hmm. and how I define trauma is something that has a great impact on us. Like it, it can it can throw us off. And so I would encourage everybody for any of your listeners who feel like that. Number one, to think of the words of Jesus. He said, "In this world, you will have trouble." Or I could change it and say, "In this world, you will have trauma," or "In this world, you will be hit." <laughs> like, mm-hmm. period. Yeah. But mm-hmm. take heart. I've overcome the world. I, I, I got answers for this thing. But if you act like it's not real, then we can't even deal. Mm-hmm. And that's where I just want everybody to humbly hot. approach this book. Hot. hot. You got to be humble, open, and transparent. You got to be real hot. Mm-hmm. Somebody cue Nelly, hot in here. Like you got <laughs> to be hot. Because if you don't, humility is the only way you can actually change. Mm. Humility is the only, it's the gateway to healing. And a lot of people, honestly, Jamie, haven't been humble enough to admit the areas that they need God to actually come in and heal. And his grace is so kind. Mm. He'll let you walk around like you got it all together. And then something, something will always expose that we are not God and we have a great need for him. Mm. And so I encourage people, just approach this book humbly. Warning, warning. Like mm-hmm. it will help you become who you really want to be. Yeah. But it's not going to help you if you can't approach it humbly. Totally. You got to be able to look in the mirror. Totally. And then there's probably people on the flip side who are like, I'm actually too damaged. Whatever Mike's going <laughs> to say, there's nothing that could make me undamaged because I am just, I am too much. And I think that a lot of people approach God that way. I just feel like seriously, it works for him. It works for her. There's no way. There's no way God could love me. Can I tell you a story, Jamie? I love it. Um, um, I grew up with four brothers. So it was five Todd boys. All of us were hungry. The the house was was all about food, fights, and funky. Like we was just stanky big boys, okay? One I three and house. I know what okay, three is three. like. You know what I'm talking about, okay? So, so it's five boys. Um, and and my parents were in full-time ministry, so they they were living by faith. So sometimes we had resources, sometimes we didn't. It was just like that kind of live by faith type of situation. But we had to eat every day. And with five boys, you're going to eat a lot. And so I would remember going into this grocery store um, called Warehouse Market with my mom. And my mom would go to the back of the store to the dented and damaged aisle. Mm. And what would end up happen is they would have, um, I know everybody doesn't know anything about that because you do Uber Eats and DoorDash (laughs) and and somebody's bringing you food. But back in the day, you only ate what you cooked. So um, she she would go um, with with the meager um, finances that we had and she would go to the area that the cans were damaged and the packages were ripped and and, and it it didn't look like it had the right uh, um, um, labeling on it. But she would go there and she would still see the value inside of Mm. the packaging, even though the outside was damaged. And she's a master chef. So she would take that stuff home and she would open it up and she would see the thing that was valuable and she would put it in and put a little seasoning on it. And she would even put fire on it. And and what would end up happening is it would become something that was great. And we ate it not knowing where it came from or what had hit the can. All we knew was the contents was still good. Mm. My encouragement to somebody right now is even if life has dented you, scarred you, damaged you, broken a piece of you off. If you put your 
life inside of a master chef's hand. And I'm talking about God right now and allow him to put some seasoning on your life and even turn up the fire at times to be able to refine you. God can take what somebody else had discounted and called damaged, gave a different label to, and even disregarded, and he can turn it into something that's gourmet. And I just feel this for somebody that's watching right now. You have been that person. You have said that nobody can do anything with me. May I submit to you that maybe you were in the wrong hands, mm. that in the hands of our father, his narrow pierced hands, the hands that reached out to grab me and you, he could do something with your damage that nobody else could do. That's why the relationship didn't work. That's why the job didn't work. You need God. And I just believe that even if your package is ripped and your container is dented, the value mm. is still good on the inside of you. Your contents is what God is after and the value is still in you. Amen. 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 And I look back and I think, man, when God created us, he created us good. He created us beautiful. Yeah. He created us with all these amazing purposes and plans. And Jesus come back and said, I'm bringing you back together. And God has this purpose for you. Mike Todd, it's always a joy. It is always you, a joy. Thank you for coming on. You guys damaged, but not destroyed from trauma to triumph. Actually, this book just came out yesterday, October 3rd. Pick it up wherever you get books. Mike, you're always welcome. Girl, you know I'm always going to be at the happy hour. I love you. Everybody listening, thank you. Um, just remember, the value is still in you. I love you. The Happy Hour is produced and hosted by myself, Jamie Ivey, with assistance from Nikki Ogden and Ashley Caldwell. And the show is edited by Jason Talley. Hey, Mom. First things first, thank you. It's my one-year anniversary of my decision to say, yes, I need help, and yes, I choose me. And that's the miracle. I'm lucky that the strongest person I know is my own mother. Love you, Mom. Maxwell. Be that strong person who makes the difference. If your loved one is struggling with drugs and alcohol, reach out to Karen for a different kind of addiction treatment. Visit caron.org slash lost. At Amica Insurance... We know it's more than just a car. It's the two-door coupe that was there for your first drive. The hatchback that took you cross-country and back. And the minivan that tackles the weekly carpool. For the cars you couldn't live without, trust Amica Auto Insurance. Amica. Empathy is our best policy.